Center member Tango, make left traffic, runway 2-3. Have a nice job. This is Romeo Judd, frequency change approved. Hey everybody, it's Dave Ello from ATC Memes, and this is the Aviation Lowdown Podcast. Welcome back. It's been a while since we did a podcast episode, been pretty busy the past few weeks. Currently, right now, I'm talking to two individuals I met at Sun and Fun. Actually, I knew these guys previously. I was actually on their podcast back in the day, and they are currently trying to figure out their audio platform. Not entirely sure how it's going over there, but this is Spread Aviation Podcast. As my guest here on Aviation Lowdown, Matt and Rob, and they are two pilots. They run their own podcast, kind of like my good friends. We go back quite a ways, and like I said, I actually have been on their podcast. So Matt and Rob, Pleasure to have you here on Aviation Lowdown. Hope you guys can both hear me. I know you had headphones over there. <laughs> I can hear you. I don't know if you Rob can. can. Oh, we got yeah. Matt on. Yeah. Oh, and oh, Rob's here. Rob's here too. Awesome. It's Matt and Rob. So before you even begin, it's going to be quite the challenge to sort of differentiate your audio. So it'll be a real test of my hearing and my ability to discern different voices. So uh, that would just make you feel better if I started imitating uh, your impressions of Spirit Airlines pilots. Would that help? Yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead and do that. I'm not really going to judge. How do they sound? <laughs> well, I didn't buy the, uh, the 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 package upgrade for the airspeed indicator. That kind of thing. <laughs> it's pretty good. You do a much better job than I do. I don't know about that. Um, nobody here on board the plane bought the GPS navigational feature of this aircraft. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, which one was that? Matt or Rob? I'm going to film that was my Matt. listeners. Okay, Matt. And then Rob, of course, the other guy in that audio mix. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So as I mentioned in the beginning, saw you guys at Sun and Fun. So first and foremost, Sun and Fun, big fly-in, Lakeland, Florida. It was, was it last week or something, two weeks ago? Almost we two weeks ago. We had a great ago. time. And the weather yeah. was pretty good for the most part. And you guys had a wonderful time, I'm assuming. Uh, what was the best part about Sun and Fun? You there the whole time? Oh, that's that's going to be for Matt. What was yeah, well, it was actually my first air show ever. Um, what? So, yeah, I've never been to an air show. I, I was very, very surprised at how awesome it was. I will say that if you're if you look at YouTube videos or, you know, ATC memes, posts, et cetera, et cetera, you, you never really know what it's going to be like to actually there. Right. Because mm-hmm. because yep. just like seeing something like that from a couple hundred feet away, it's a whole different experience. Oh, you just the sound. Yeah. Sure. And the sound, the feeling, needing needing earplugs, for Smelling example. Smelling jet fuel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the smell. It's a sensory the assault. It's 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 amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> sensory Fantastic. assault. That's like, <laughs> we were talking before we started recording of uh, names for metal bands. I think you just found another one. Yeah. You know, this Friday, <laughs> Glens Falls Civic Center, sensory assault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah, exactly. Got some like Yanni Lane crazy vocals going on. But uh so Everybody one of the things the that's <laughs> one of the coolest parts about Sun and Fun, obviously the planes and the air show, but as I mentioned in other podcasts, just people uh coming together and the overall feeling of that whole community of really, really interested people and supposedly, you know, also interesting people, depending on who you meet. But do you guys uh, run into anybody pretty cool? I mean, you can't say me. I'm not that cool. But anybody, you know, that you <laughs> you met that you maybe were surprised to see or looking forward to seeing out there? Because it's really, really conducive to networking and getting to know some of the coolest people in aviation, for sure. Well, this was one of our first times being out in, in public, and there were 
there were not as many people that came up to the Banyan booth and said, hi, we, we love what you do. But we had three or four people that were like, oh, hey, Spread Aviation, yeah, we, we've heard of you. Or oh, I, we saw you on Instagram yesterday talking about the Sop with Pup. And mm-hmm. we sat down to eat uh, eat some barbecue at the, at the patio there behind Building A. And uh, we're sitting there with a dad and his son, and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys were just on yesterday. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. like, Whoa, hey, yeah. cool. We just happened it to is. sit down. Uh, we met uh, and, re- and we actually did a, a, an interview with a Laura Radigan, who's a glider uh, air show competitor or air show pilot and a glider competitor going to the worlds in uh, Romania. So our next episode is going to feature her very heavily. And I did a video interview with Scott Scooter Yoke, the pilot of uh, P-51 uh, Quicksilver. And uh, so that was that was cool. And then just walking around and, and meeting all the people. Matt, was there any highlight? Did I cover it all? Did I did I take away your reason to speak? No, I th- the only thing I can throw in there is Michael Goulian as well. Just just seeing him fly and being able to to meet some people that are involved in his his uh, yeah journey around the world. It was pretty cool. Yeah, doing, so I actually. No, I'm sorry to cut you off. There's a little bit of a. By the way, guys, uh, some people in my podcast said I was cutting people off. There's actually because we're on Skype. There's always a little bit of that awkward delay. So oh, we're well aware of the awkward delay. You guys know about that pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're not worried oh, about yeah. it. It's always awkward, but it, it's like uh, it's you know it's just super super strange. But uh, you I'm mentioned take Mike the Goulian. policy of just talking right through you. <laughs> you <laughs> do that. Yeah, exactly. People would be like, "Oh, there's that New York controller, that wannabe New York controller. He's being a dick again. He's you know talking to people." <laughs> <laughs> whatever they say but no mike gulian i met him at the banyan booth i knew him from i think last year but such a cool down-to-earth guy like i actually got him on a little bit of a video for a few seconds and he talked about how he likes coming out and seeing all the faces and meeting all the fans but you know i also met uh was it scott as well scooter she goes by and we were uh one night we just kind of were hanging out late after the sh- air show the night air show and that guy was just so interesting talking to him about his past and everything and how he stays in shape and i was like damn this guy's really I knew you were gonna hit the gym topic i knew that had to come Dude, up. i mean it's hard it's hard to ignore that with him. <laughs> oh, he's in great shape i'm like you are you are in great shape you know <laughs> yeah he is a badass dude yeah yeah he gets to fly a p51 mustang you know it's like okay maybe i'm in decent shape but you know i'm driving like my honda accord to work and like you know so <laughs> you can't have it all i suppose but you know i also meeting the fans like you guys say you've met people who come up to you and recognize you and that's such a weird feeling at first and i i suppose you kind of get used to it but uh more so than just like the ego stroke it's so cool to meet people who actually like really come forward and they say hey you know you guys have inspired me and I had a number of parents actually ask me, funny enough, hey, where should my kid go to school? I'm like, ooh, this is getting serious now. Because <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> you're going to say Purdue and I'm going to say Kent and nobody's going to say Riddle. Right. Well, I mean, having said <laughs> that, though, I went to the Riddle tent. These guys gave me, true story, right, yeah. I went to the Riddle tent and they gave me a bag that had Embry-Riddle on it, a hat, a bunch of stickers, and best of all, they gave me Embry-Riddle shoelaces. I didn't put them on my shoes. Yep, totally true. I didn't put them on my shoes, but I really should. But I said, I said, it's uh, really a demonstration of how confident like some of their kids were just like looking down at their feet all the time. Like, hey, Amber, you know, <laughs> I go here. Hmm. I will say right. that, uh, you know, and I've never actually visited Embry Riddle before. So I, the only experiences I have are, you know, through uh, reliable uh, sources of information on Instagram, like the ATC memes account. But uh, walking around Sun and Fun, um, I, I found that the most receptive people there to spread aviation and what we're trying to do were Embry Riddle students, people that were wearing. Oh, the- absolutely. 
Denver oh, Apparel. Yeah. It was it was awesome uh, to 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 network with them and talk to them and and kind of share what we're trying to do. Uh, they, mm-hmm. in fact, I think that was most of our mailing list signups after the event were people from Ember Riddle. Riddle yeah. Yeah. yeah one of the interesting things is there was a guy who came over with a bunch of riddle kids to the banyan tent of course this was happening all week the kids were coming over to banyan banyan by the way amazing pilot shop if you guys don't know about it they're in fort lauderdale uh but they have basically invited us atc memes and you know just been so cool to us over the past two years to have us at their booth so a lot of people came and visited but a lot of the riddle kids were there and some of these guys were so enthusiastic and eager to show me things that they had done like one kid and i think i've seen this online he designed the embry riddle aeronautical university campus at daytona to be like an airport diagram and this took like considerable work it's available online somewhere i'll probably post it as a meme but he turned like the parking lot into like a ramp and he turned like the the dorms into hangars i'm like this is is insane like he actually (laughs) had the real font and i don't even know how he did it but it was enough, awesome. it was so interesting. I was like, you know what? I need to get you with a picture of you holding this up for the camera. So oh, yeah. that was a memorable moment. It's just like this guy spent probably hours designing this thing, and that's what he did in his free time. I'm like, wow, all right. <laughs> You're I hope he got some kind of class credit for that, like an airport management yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I hope yeah. he, I'm I hoping. Hope it went to, yeah. I'm hoping. And then, of course, one of the themes of the Riddle joke is always the women. And I met a few girls, actually, from Riddle who were very enthusiastic. But the kids, the funny part is a lot of the boys, too, are so into that joke, too. I'm like, so how's the dating life at Riddle? They're like, there isn't any. And then the girl's like, yeah, believe me, it's true. You know, a lot of them said, oh, I just sort of act like the guys. But uh, funny story, Embry-Riddle has a few dance teams, at least one of them I know of. And we actually, I sent them some leggings for their official uniform, so to speak. And I was going to visit Ambry Riddle at some point during that week, but uh, of course it was sun and fun, so you know one thing led to the other. I didn't make it out there, but they had a dance competition, I guess. I guess. So we know how they did. Were, I, I think they did pretty well. I think they actually advanced to like the next round. I don't think they they won the actual competition, but it was the regionals. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea how they did long term. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, check it out. Yeah, the screaming we will need follow eagles. up on this. This is important. I will find out for you. Uh, the screaming eagles. I think that's their name. I'm really not making this up. So, but <laughs> you know, turning the tides a bit. So you guys obviously run a, fo- a podcast for aviation. What have you done? Because a lot of my f- followers are probably curious to see how you get media to propagate and how you get stuff to uh, to spread. And before we even dive into that discussion, tell me a little bit about like your aviation experience and, you know, what have you done? Are you guys both private pilots, instructors? So uh, actually just Rob is. Rob's an instructor. I'll let him go into his background. I am Rob's student. Uh, I'm a professional student. I've been flying with him for a number of years. I have like almost 200 you know, dual hours at this point. A bunch of solos have not yet actually taken my private test. Need <laughs> it to do that. really doesn't make right. me sound like a good instructor at all. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, I finally he's like, hey, 200 man, hours. If you help me with this podcast, I'll give you a check ride. But until then, there's none. <laughs> no, it's actually me. I was I was chugging along for uh, quite a number of months and then uh, just just really had to take a break because uh, I own a number of businesses uh, and they just kind of had to take priority. And I think that's something that just happens. You know, it's pretty common. Right. 
Um, right. But, you know, I will finish very soon. Uh, it has nothing to do with Rob as an instructor, but we actually started this podcast a year ago um, just because I had a lot of questions and Rob had a lot of answers. And we said, well, if Matt's asking these questions all the time and Rob's time is pretty much limited to four students a day, two and a half hour blocks in the airplane, why don't we scale this a little bit and start a podcast? And, you know, we started it just as a hobby and uh, quickly grew into a spread aviation and it's now a business and we're working on some e-learning and, and uh, you know, some mm-hmm. some apparel as well web content web content that's cool Uh, so so that's you know just kind of growing so matt tells it like i came to him with this epic grand hey it's going to be a business we're going to do this thing and it was more like i called matt on the phone i said hey i bought some microphones you want to come over and record thing (laughs) he's like yeah okay (laughs) it's actually true yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I showed up at his house with a pizza one night expecting to just kind of watch a movie and look at ATC memes. And uh, and instead, we just sat down and started recording. And uh, and I was like, what are we doing? He's like, oh, we got a podcast. I said, OK, well, I've never set one of those up before. So, OK, let me do some Googling. All right. Libsyn. This looks good. All right. Here's how to get this on Spotify. What do you want to call it? Plain Talk with Matt and Rob. How about just Plain Talk podcast? All right. Let's do that. Register yes. the domain. I didn't uh, remember you guys. Uh, you changed the name of it, didn't you? Yeah, did. that's right. It was Plane Talk. Right, right. So now it's Spread Aviation, by the way. Uh, for those of you listening who want to know more, we didn't even mention this, but it's. I think I'd mentioned it a few times. But you guys have a URL. You have a website uh, for the the podcast or just on – Spread uh, Aviation. What is it? Spread Aviation. Cut off. SpreadAviation.com. Yes, okay, yep. SpreadAviation.com. Yep. Awesome. Then- so – yeah, I mean, okay, so you guys basically started this podcast. You put it onto iTunes and stuff like that. Now, of course, it's also on Spotify and Stitcher and all this stuff. But was the reception really powerful in the beginning? It's kind of hard to get stuff off the ground, no pun intended. You know, it's, uh, it takes a lot of work. So what did you do to like, kind of get it out there? You know what? We were um, we were a victim of our own sarcasm. So uh, our first episode, it was basically our very first episode. It was a good episode. And, uh, you had know, the we energy a, of being new. It had the energy of being new. We put a lot of time sure. into it. We edited it. We edited out every um. We spent like 18 hours editing it. We got it out there. And so then when we went to record our second episode and we tried to name it, we're like, well, this is technically our second episode. So it's our second best episode because our best episode was our first episode. Sure. Now, I have a dream of opening a barbecue restaurant called Second Best Barbecue in town. Because Dave, right. have you ever have you ever like if you're walking to a new through a new city and you see a sign in the window that says, uh, you know, best barbecue in town, you're probably going to be like, nah, they're full of crap. But mm-hmm. if you saw second best barbecue in town, you're going <laughs> right. to treat it way more seriously. Am I right? So, yeah, it's it's co man. It's the credibility of honesty, right? Right. <laughs> so exactly. that's exactly the it. Second best. Wow, that must that must actually be real. Everybody, it's like the it's like the elf yeah, thing, man. right? World's best. You're now cup in of the co- psychology class of ATC memes. How we all do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so as a joke, we made episode number two our second best episode because episode number one was our best. Well, now we're at 22 episodes, and yet episode two is still the most popular episode. <laughs> it is not a good episode. It is not a good episode. Do not listen to episode two. Yeah, episode two we, we screwed up so bad on episode two. Uh, <laughs> we were trying to like recapture the magic of episode one, and so when Matt showed up, we didn't speak to each other at all. We didn't want to say anything because we wanted everything that we could say to go into the microphones and to be recorded and be on air and all that. And right. it, it 
just absolutely killed the energy. It yep. was off. So please, <laughs> people, really stop yeah. listening to episode two. Yeah, we have. It's funny that you mentioned that, but like I have memes out there, and I'm not going to name them because you know it's just it's even sillier to try to name them because you don't want more people to check them out. But we have memes out there because I'm sure like you guys mentioned episode two, everyone's going to be like, hmm, we got to hear how bad this is, you know, and check it out. But we have productions out there that I've done and stuff. It's just like it's so atrocious. I listen to it, I literally cringe. I'm like, oof, like I can't believe I thought that was a good idea to upload that four or five years ago or whatever but to this day some of it's like the most popular stuff i listen to my voice and listen to the content and listen i'm like there's nothing good about this at all it's like such b-level humor it take me like you know five seconds to put it together but people love it you know and sometimes it's just it's whatever they gravitate towards in the numbers they're going to keep coming back to so it runs away from you it's like that'll probably always be your number one episode <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're host yeah. I think we even renamed it at this point to parentheses, don't listen to this, or it's not actually our second best. Oh, yeah. But that actually only increased the number of listeners. That's yeah, right. don't take my advice. That's what it's called. By the way, if you guys hear that jingling sound, my cat is quite literally having, well, I don't know about literally, but she's having a seizure, it looks like, on my uh, on her cat scratching post. You know, she always does this <laughs> when I start recording stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, so, all right. So you started that and you had a few episodes that really, you know, did pretty well. Getting a podcast off the ground is arguably, in my opinion, one of the more difficult uh, forms of entertainment to get up there because they take time commitment. You know, when you look at a meme, it's like, what does it take to double tap it on Instagram or to like it on Facebook? Like two seconds. But uh, podcast, you got to find it. You have to listen to it. You have to take time during your day. Maybe you're driving or flying a plane in some people's cases. I know that this podcast is listened to from people flying planes. I'm not entirely sure if that's legal or not, but that's a different story. But whatever you're doing, you have to commit to the focus of it. So if you have gotten people's attention, apparently it's pretty hard to do for some people. So congratulations on getting that fan base going. Oh, it's thank you. Impressive. Matt is a master of Instagram. Instagram I is call a- myself a master of Instagram, but <laughs> I would call myself a software developer. So we've been able to kind of take advantage of that, write some custom code to uh, expand. Mm-hmm. We are everything we have right now is hosted on WordPress. Uh, we moved away from Libsyn a few few weeks ago, uh, and and pretty happy on WordPress. And we're use, we're doing everything on WordPress, including our blog, our podcast hosting, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so WordPress, if you're listening, we're pushing you pretty hard. We'd like a <laughs> kickback. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, sponsor me, sponsor me. Come on. You know, have we hit the word kind of saying WordPress as many times as we're supposed to in the contract? <laughs> no, it's like the uh, the SEO. Like when I, when I read these articles, yeah. and you can tell yeah. they spun words for SEO. They're like, check out the WordPress. By the way, I. <laughs> did a bench press today and the word that the guy training me was pressing against me with lots of <laughs> word it's like dude come on give me a break how many times can you use the same words in the same article you know yep. so the seo content is very real by the way but all right so well those yeah, SEO, so those seo plugins that yell at you if you're not using the word enough like even when rob wrote an article the other day and i went in to publish it and i think he, he used the keyword like 18 times and it was like you're not using the keyword enough it's like, how many times do you have to actually put the keyword in the article to make it seo friendly but hey i guess I that's why we all read these the other day sorry to cut you off I, I, again no, that damn delay i was reading this article the other day about uh people who do white texting on the resume i have like, never heard about this and i have no i've never done this by the way but if you, you know what white texting is it's no so white texting is essentially what you do when you type in text that is the color white and with the oh idea of yeah to that, hide it to hide it yeah, yeah, to yeah, hide. yeah. so people yeah. will put in like you know you type in your nice resume but yet you have the word like aviation a thousand times in the background that's in the color white so a human Let being me load even up my resume here and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and here we go i'll I'm, I'm totally not responsible for what happens to people <laughs> if they try this. yeah but supposedly what happens is it coaxes the 
programs that sort this stuff and parse it to the actual HR people to make it more desirable because you've mentioned aviation, you know, 95,000 times and you have a one page resume, you know, so whatever. I don't know. I guess it's some, a technique, but again, not responsible. Don't do it. Kids just say no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, the same thing can be true for search engines because they're looking for the text on the page. They don't necessarily know what color it's being displayed to the user if it's visual. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely true. And uh, th- there's things like alt text. I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, hiding text within pictures. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a whole big technique. But the number one thing that works more than anything else is just good old products. You know, people love word of mouth. So if you have a good product in the end, it's sort of uh, sells itself. And it's not to say we'll talk about it in a second. You guys mentioned apparel. It's not to say you're going to be selling actual goods or services, but you could be selling an idea or selling an image or selling some sort of discussion. You know, you're always trying to get into the mind, so to speak, of your listeners. So an entertaining podcast. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about uh, monetizing it with apparel? Like you've mentioned that before. What what are some things that came into mind? So uh, ideally, you know, we don't want to be a a a product company that has, well, let me, let me try to phrase this. We don't want to be a brand company that has a product. We want to kind of be a product company that builds a brand because of the quality of our product. I don't even know if that sure. makes any sense. I got like, no, no that, it does. That's like <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. So, man, the, but, but so, so like our goal is to not sell apparel to make money, et cetera, et cetera. Our goal is to build spread aviation as a quality, uh, safety, uh, aviation safety, aviation resource, safety yeah. company right. for both general aviation and aerobatics. That's the priority. I mean, we want to scale Rob's knowledge as and experiences as much as possible and expand to other people, obviously as well. Right. Um, and I think that the, you know, building the brand spread aviation, getting the brand spread aviation out there is more so that people learn to trust us, learn to trust our content and, you know, look forward to additional content that we create in the future. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. we did just place our first T-shirt or- order. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to be as creative as you with the leggings and things like that. But it's a spread aviation T-shirt. Um, you know, there's definitely uh, we're going to make I'm, some edits I'm definitely here, getting right? one, so, right? You guys are sending me one? Oh, I'll totally 100%. Wear it. Oh, we're okay. definitely sending it to you. I will um, do so a live. Yeah. Um, well, it depends who you ask. So, you know, if I'm feeling a little <laughs> swole, I'll go for like a medium. But if I'm feeling like I'm like, you know, I want to hide oh, myself yeah, a little more. For, uh, for Lisa as well. Oh, sweet. They're going to say women's for me. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll try everything. I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to judge myself too hardly. Uh, but yeah, that's really cool. So I am trying to understand what you're saying about the brand. So it's more or less just trying to get the identity of what the brand represents out. It's the idea of the brand. So you guys are yep. going to, and I know what's going to happen. This thing's going to grow for you guys. And it's going to get to the point where you actually have flight students uh, of all ages, by the way, asking you for advice. And it's going to become well known that you offer good advice. So if somebody sees a t-shirt or a logo or some sticker, it's going to actually eventually build credibility with whoever's wearing that or showing that. And that's really yeah. cool because if yeah, you build we a fan have base, a, we want certification it. as well for the, the courses that we're putting out there so that as people are going through, you know, everybody knows who the Kings are. Um, mm-hmm. People know who that guy is down in Florida. His name is Jason and he does uh, a competing thing. Uh, right. Everybody knows who he is and right. everybody knows who the FAA is. And our goal is to provide information techniques uh, that are above the standard we are not a minimums kind of company we want to go above and beyond to make uh, the safest pilots as possible in the general aviation and in the commercial world and one of the big things that i'm that i'm focusing on very recently is is how to use 
folks who are in the air traffic control world how to use that cockpit resource management, how to how to use that resource uh, to make sure that you handle these intense situations in the safest way possible. And uh, I was talking sure. to a tower controller, and he said, you know, I wish more people would ask for help. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so. I can't speak for the whole workforce, obviously, because I was only in ATC for a short period of time, and I only worked in really, you know, one particular area of it. But I think that there's a huge discrepancy between different parts of the industry and what is understood as being the best way to communicate and the best way to handle uh, situations you might find yourself in. And obviously, it depends on the job, depends on the situation. But the industry, especially now in 2019, like there are better ways to spread information that could really help people who are in trouble with, uh, you know, let's say an emergency or trying to just make your job easier and more enjoyable. Like there are so many things out there, resources available that people just ignore or don't care about. You know, a lot of it's just because it doesn't hit a chord with them, you know. So the podcast stuff and the social media serves as a huge format to get into these people's heads in a really positive way. So that's what yeah. you're doing. Absolutely. And and this is an opportunity for people to learn things that they they don't already know and to reinforce some things that they've been thinking about for a while, because a, a good pilot is always learning. And we right. want to be that resource that helps them do that as well. So right. it's uh, it, it was an opportunity, like Matt said earlier, it's an opportunity for me to talk to more people than just one person every two and a half hours at a flight school. And then the right. podcast, it's it's free. You know, and yeah. Our coursework, we're going to have some free stuff on the website uh, very soon in the near future, and and we're going to do some more in-depth, more detailed uh, paid content as well. And that'll be mm -hmm. a little bit of a way for us to help support this this project because I quit my job. I, I quit really? my nine-to-five wow. as a one assistant chief flight instructor to focus on this as a full-time gig. And so right. – uh, uh, mm -hmm. The wife is going to kill me if I. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. Well, that's I, think you, I think you you pass Kevin O'Leary's you know his his <laughs> biggest Shark Tank test right yeah. is that you your job, you're doing this full time you're all in and I think that just right. as you know what Rob always talks about is a lot of flight instructors are are kind of there for a short amount of time. To, to essentially build time. Um, sorry to right. curse yeah, on, on the podcast. Yeah. Now go ahead. Um, Sorry for my foul language, but to build time just to get up to the airlines. And, you know, what's right. always been nice about Rob is that he's been doing this uh, full time for a number of years, had no intentions of moving on, wanted to always stay, at least for uh, the foreseeable future, in instruction and education. And so now that we can he can continue to do this full time, but expand the number of people he's reaching. That's right. the power of spread aviation. That's what yeah. we really like about it. Absolutely. Well, and even in your name, spread aviation, it really sort of epitomizes how this stuff really gets out there. And I just was talking to somebody yesterday who started a somewhat related page to ATC memes. It's called the landline. I don't know if you guys are on Facebook at all, but this page in the past week, like it's just blown up. There's like over a thousand people now and it's a group. And pretty much everybody involved is either an air traffic controller or a pilot. And then, of course, there's just random people like me who I don't know what we're doing on there. But, you know, there's a lot of people on there who are just really notable and interesting in the field. And the guy messaged me and he was like, you know, with ATC memes like you, LO, has, have really been inspiring and in trying to get this stuff out to the masses because it seems like a lot of the stuff goes viral. And first of all, I'm like, well, first of all, it's not true. Most of the stuff we do does not go viral. You know, it's only those few select outliers that do. But more importantly, I was talking to him about having a niche that's really, really obsessed with what you're doing. You know, and aviation's full of that niche. It's full of that obsession. There is a 
word in Japan, Japanese word, otaku, which is basically, uh, from what I understand, it's a description of people who are like, yeah, right? So they're obsessed with something, but it's like just just borderline being crazy, but you're obsessed. And I always think of guys going to like Comic-Con. You know, I use that as an example. Like, you don't just go to Comic-Con. It's not something you're like, hey, you know, let's get the kids together and we'll, you know, we'll check it out. We'll sit. Like, no, dude, you go to Comic-Con, you you go to Comic-Con. You know what I mean? You dress up, do the cosplay, do the whole bit. And so the point is, it's like you have to have that level of obsession to really enjoy the full range of experience in that realm. Aviation is full of those people, man. Like, you go to Sun and Fun, it's like everyone there, like, you know, on the normal, quote-unquote, neurotypical people, like, you'd be like, you are insane. Like, I can't believe you just spent a week hanging out with people who like aviation, you know what I mean? But if you get into their heads, what happens is they start spreading it to the more, quote-unquote, less obsessed people. And that's how you start a trend. You know, I think so many businesses, social media pages, politicians even, anything or anyone who's trying to spread an idea... What they do and do very often, and I think it's actually probably counterintuitive and productive, is they try to market immediately to everybody. They're like, hey, guys, follow me, man. Follow me. And we've done this. I've done this. It doesn't work. you know. And so what you've done so far is to try and hit the niche of aviation, to try and get the people who are already interested and obsessed, and they've given you permission, basically, to talk to them. Yeah. You are if, inspiring them, and that's going to spread back. So it's going to work If you've for ever you. mistaken a lawnmower for an airplane... If you've ever not been able to prevent yourself from looking up at the sky as an airplane goes by, if you can identify a helicopter three miles away by the sound of its rotors, spread aviation is for you. That is your podcast, you know. Well, and this one, too. All right. But if you want to actually learn something, go to spread aviation. All right. (laughs) Right? David, one thing to expand on what you just said, um, you know, I own a brick and mortar service business and we have, you know, our first group of customers, we like to call them our evangelists, right? They're people that are... I don't want to use the word obsessed, but they're they're so brand loyal that, you know, you raise prices or something happens, they're they're gonna be there for you, they're gonna keep coming. And I think that the, you know, eventual way that a brick and mortar business like that grows is like you mentioned, they they spread the word to their friends, they say, Hey, you gotta check this out, you gotta try it. And maybe right. they're not in, in it's a it's a fitness business. Maybe they're not into fitness, but they try it and they're like, Oh, I am really excited. Now I'm into this. It's the same thing right. with aviation, except that I don't think we've hit that point where we've expanded beyond the evangelist, right? You've got the evangelists there that are super excited about aviation, live and breathe it, go to Sun and Fun, go to Oshkosh, um, you know, play flight simulators since they were a kid. And then like right. you got the people that maybe are kind of into it, but but not not really. There, there's not a big middle ground. And I right. think that middle ground has to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that podcasts like like yours and ours can, can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just bringing the, the awareness to the general public. And that's always been a right. big discussion in aviation because too many people, first of all, it is for the majority of people, at least they perceive it as being prohibitively expensive. It's so undeniably expensive to get into aviation for some people, right? So they immediately write it off as being like, I could never do that. Or the more common uh, thing I hear is like, oh, well, I don't have the time. You know, how many people actually want to learn how to fly or get in, involved in something related to a hobby or craft or aviation? And they simply, they feel I don't have the time to do it. So if you're kind of inspiring these people like, hey, you know, you can learn how to fly or you can learn how to do this. And these people are going to actually make it simple for you to understand some of these concepts. To me, that's really invaluable. It's really, really yeah. important. So do this social media can help do things. That. Time, health, and money. And unfortunately, yeah. you usually only have people that have two of the three. 
and it's yeah. it's definitely very rare. But if you have time and health, there are ways to find the money. There are scholarship opportunities out there, AOPA, the 99s, EAA, a lot of these different organizations that have aviation scholarships. And uh, if all you have to do is fill out a packet or write a letter, then why not? Why right. not apply for these things? And right. that's a way to get into aviation. And, and there's more ways to be in aviation than just being a pilot. There's air traffic controllers. There's line crewmen. There's working at an FBO. There's, there's dispatchers. There's so many avenues to be a part of this and we want to encourage people to go into all of those yeah it's interesting you mentioned dispatch last year it's something fun i met a woman and she's really really cool she actually invited me to europe but i have yet to take her up on that offer she said i'll send you out there for free she works for a very large airline but she's a dispatcher and she explained to me how the whole thing works and my mind was blown because i had no idea you know here i am quote unquote uh, somewhat of a knowledgeable person whatever that means in aviation and i had no idea what a dispatcher does. And so yeah. I really, really learned a lot just talking to her. And it's like, that's an example, man. Like, I wouldn't have even known about that if I hadn't have met her on social media, met her at Sun and Fun, coming together, spreading that stuff, sending it back, right? Really, really <laughs> cool. So what is, okay, turning the, the ties a little bit, we've talked about your podcast, a little bit about you guys, a little bit about maybe how to market to some of these people. For all you listening out there, I'm sure a lot of you have Instagram pages, YouTube, Facebook, what have you. These are some good uh, tools to use and think about. And to expand further into this, uh, what is your experience uh, in terms of your favorite pages, stuff that's inspired you? I always like to ask people, like, what's what really gets them inspired creatively? Do you have any particular funny or serious or just helpful pages that you like? I don't know if it's necessarily a page, but every morning I wake up to Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Um, that is the way to do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'm going to let you take this one. Go ahead. So, so pages, you mean like websites and, and Instagram? Anything. It um, could be anything. You know, it could be a book. It could be a YouTube. It could be a Kenny Loggins song, which, by the way, I've gotten <laughs> hundreds of submissions of people doing stuff to that video, like, including people actually doing barrel rolls. Uh, driving a tractor off a cliff, that was interesting. Uh, at least one woman uh, strip-teasing the camera, and uh, at least somebody watching Top Gun <laughs> on an airplane. So there's certainly been a fair share of people who have submitted their Danger Zone videos, but uh, truth be told, I I do occasionally listen to that song, actually. When it comes on the radio, my wife actually will Snapchat, be like, hey, check this out, it's Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, inspiration. Um, let's see, so Reddit, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Uh, I have also gotten a couple of Facebook groups that are aviation related and another passion of mine is computers and flight sims. So I play a lot of DCS world and that gets the flying fix when the weather's bad, which it often is in in New England. Uh, And then talking with those guys and even interacting with them on TeamSpeak and Discord, uh, guys that don't understand necessarily how a particular system works or why their tactics uh, are less than good because they keep getting shot down. And (laughs) to be able to see that change in in even that environment when it's not in the actual airplane uh, is, is really really neat so you say you're you're a nerd do you uh you build computers and stuff are you like a hardware guru uh i also well he computers. snaps the pieces together <laughs> you said you're, uh, computer. Come on, so man. I, you're you're coding too right like that's what you do Matt is on coding yeah yeah, yeah so i i do the software side rob likes to snap pieces together and he's not like you know printing any pcbs or anything like that of but. course not nobody does that <laughs> you're we not like currently... soldering and building the next like i7 no. you're not like putting all those transistors together what are you doing no man <laughs> So right now we're recording on a uh, or we're we're talking to you on a Z77 MSI motherboard that I bought back in 
10. And the only yeah. reason we're doing that is because my X299 just came back from getting serviced and it's sitting in the case back in, in, in the back side of the studio. But yeah. right now it's an open air setup going, uh, also running a 1070 Ti, but there's a 2080 sitting on the 299 with the. I'm going to probably uh, lose people for a second, but the that's X99 okay. So yeah, that's, is that's, that's that, a, is that a, so one of those? Actually, can you, can you, can you bleep all that out? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a bleep. It's yeah, we're, bleep. Like, we're sitting yeah, on a beep. The, uh, Why is he sitting on a beep? Oh my God. Just sure, like, all like the riddle kids yeah. are getting huge boners right now. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> can you imagine the frame rates on those things? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I put together a few machines. I'm certainly not a programmer, but I know like, you know, just basic stuff. But uh, I've always put together computers like since an early age. I remember the first time I was about 11 or 12 years old and uh, God, it was like a Pentium 1 200 megahertz thing and it had 32 megabytes of memory. And yeah. these were the, I think it was the DIMMs. You had to install them in pairs. But yep. I remember going out and buying a pair of, I think it was, uh, maybe it brought it up 64. So I ended up with 96 megabytes of memory. And the frame rate improved so much, I actually remember thinking to myself, like, I've discovered the meaning of life. Like, there was nothing else in my life that could make me uh, happier, you know, than that moment. And yeah, I remember going from 486 and some stupid low amount of RAM up to like maybe eight. Eight meg or something. I don't know if it, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, that was exactly the the difference that I noticed was frame rate as mm-hmm. a nine year old. But if you think about the stuff you were doing on a four eighty six, like just the regular games or documents and you know stuff you were doing on a four eighty six, eight megabytes is a it's a shitload of memory. Like I mean, it's hard to believe now, but looking back, that was like eight terabytes back then. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it really <laughs> is. There's that famous quote, uh, Bill Gates claims he never said it, but I think it was said by somebody at, you know, 640K of RAM ought to be enough for anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and these were, this was not like another era ago. I mean, there's people now who I would consider to be like, you know, newly experienced with some of this new technology, but yet they were born around that era. It's a, it's evolved so fast that like, you know, each year there's something new. And if, like, if you don't keep up with it, I feel like you fall behind. You know, I built a computer back in 2013. And now I'm piecing together a new one and I'm like, I, I feel like I have to go back to school. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm learning about all this stuff. And uh, it's just, it evolves, you know, to the yeah. point of it being like a whole new technology. So, and but the, anyway, I just thought it was kind of cool. You're into that. Tweaking. I think a lot of people it's, are. Yeah. Uh, what the heck else was, does there? anybody remember double space? Double. Oh my God. Yeah. Double space. <laughs> double I'm trying space. to hit 500 words. Well, you back in the day, you know, my, <laughs> yes. how, well, how old are you guys? If, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious. 35. Probably, yeah. 35 all right so i'm 30 so roughly the same age so i remember back in the day in elementary school we had the typing labs and you and they they were like the ribbon printers you actually had to rip off the edges with the uh yep. you know those dots in them yeah dot and matrix yeah. Dot, dot, there you go dot matrix printers right right so i remember that very well because they sounded like machine guns when they printed you know so <laughs> really cool sound i remember that but uh yeah, it's just uh, things have changed, you know, think, but in, in, all in a good way. People have moved away from the desktop computer. So, like, we have a storefront online, and something like 86% of our sales have come through mobile and tablet devices. Like, only 15% or so buy from a desktop. And I love my desktop, yeah. you know. You so, got it. I think I got into aviation at just the right time because I got my private and my instrument right before really GPS had spread widely uh, and and I, I know the old way to navigate. I know all the old ways. And I remember ForeFlight when it first came out was garbage and it yeah. was really only good for ki- – 
eliminating having to carry binders and binders and binders of approach plates. But even then, right. you couldn't get to page two of a departure procedure or a, a star. I'm like, well, this is kind of dumb. And <laughs> to see where it is now, it's right. quite an amazing journey that this stuff has has come on. And it's improved safety. Uh, and I'm not even one of those people who would call someone a, a, a child of the magenta line. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it is technology that helps improve safety and situational awareness if taught correctly. And right. that's what I see a lot of CFIs missing is they just go, eh, just follow that. Just go. No, no, no. You have an obligation here to go, hey, yeah, follow the line, but look outside and associate the stuff to the sides because someday right. this thing may die. And if you have the skills, you can learn it on an, an iPad just as well as you can learn it on paper. And there's there's no real difference there. And this is right. coming from a guy who learned it in the old school way and te- can teach it both ways. Yeah, I think it's a tool, obviously. And like all tools, it can be used for tremendous benefit, but it can also be abused and overused. And at which point, like I said before, the tool then begins to shape the user, which is not a good thing to have happen because then all of a sudden you don't have the tool and you're like, how do I use my hand again? You know, that's the best analogy I can think of. It's just like, all right, well, you got to kind of learn the fundamentals or at least go back to them now and then. And I sometimes worry about not so much even about flying, but, you know, just look around kids today, man, in college. So back in the day, right, with 2006, so I started school, there was no iPhone. It came out that year or the year after. And yeah. from the time of 2006 to 2010, although, it, okay, maybe 2011, I don't know. Was it five years? No, I graduated on time. Okay. So in four years, the entire culture had changed because at that point, people were then using smartphones and the whole world changed. Like I went to college during that time. And now college kids, like by the time they get to school, they've used smartphones their whole life. So everything they need, everything they want is basically just a Google search away. And I can sort of compare that to, you know, flying a plane in a way because everything you need to navigate is right there in front of you. What happens when you don't have it? You know, it's kind of a disturbing discussion, I guess. (laughs) Well, I think something you were mentioning recently, Rob, is that NDBs are kind of no longer being maintained, right? But uh, in the U.S., but that internationally they are. Yeah. And so if you don't learn NDBs and then you go international... You're going to have a hard time at the airlines yeah. if you have if you have a Mexico route, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, that's the airlines are going to teach you everything you need to know. And you fly as a two person crew, so the person in the left seat is going to is going to know it. But uh, right. you mm-hmm. and the FMS can also turn an NDB into a VOR just in in function if it needs to. But right. uh, yeah, absolutely. There, there's going to be a, a, a degradation of skill going up the ladder, and it will show up kind of like tooth decay. Uh, you're going to have mm-hmm. a strong core, but it's going to get rotted away from the outside as you get mm-hmm. these new people with with lower and lower skills that go up there. And it, it will be interesting to see how the airlines evolve and adapt uh, to to um, to the shape of the general aviation world. I mean, we're we're seeing a pilot shortage on on our end on the general aviation side. Um, for a handful of reasons, number one, being an airline pilot wasn't all that attractive in the mid to late 2000s during a recession. Sure. Uh, nobody had the money to go up there. The, the loan companies had stopped because they got burned so badly. Um, and now there's such a vacuum at the airlines to replace uh, all the 65 retirees that they're sucking up all the experienced people at the regionals. So then the regionals are going, we got to hire, we got to hire, we got to hire, but right. we can't hire anybody until they have 1500 hours. And mm-hmm. now there's this backlog where I, the, the, the last, when I was a, a chief instructor 
Um, I had a guy that was with us. He signed a contract for a year and he was gone in nine months. He got his, wow. he got his thousand hours. He actually got a little more than a thousand hours mm-hmm. in nine months. He flew his butt off. My bad. And, uh, That's a lot of hours. Was, yeah, he was super. It's all motivated. weather dependent too, you know. Like I'm just thinking to myself, you said you guys live in the Northeast, so you have a bad oh. weather day or whatever. You know, you're grounded. And he wasn't even he wasn't even a double eye, an yeah. instrument instructor, and right. that's typically a route that you go to gain more experience in the instrument side of things because everything you're going to do at the airlines is going to be instrument flying. So sure. it's uh, he was worried about that, and that's not the the first time I've heard that concern. Uh, he was worried, like, oh, well, I'm going to struggle because I haven't flown instruments in so long. And I go, well, they're going to have you in the sims. They're going to train you to the standard. There's going to be someone in the left seat to watch over you. However, mm-hmm. it's going to be in your best interest to attack this stuff as much as you can on your own. I can't make you get your double eye. I can offer you right. incentives. I can help, help pay for it. I can offer you more money f- for the higher qualification afterwards. But if you're only going to be here for six more months... It's really hard for me to incentivize someone to spend that money to go do that. And so, so a lot of schools yeah. are paying for it. I never even thought about that, but like just as you're talking to me. So do most pilots have their double eye? I mean, is that like a more of a rarity? It's becoming a rarity now. And the problem is flight schools aren't uh, don't have the young instructors with a double eye to teach instrument. Right. So yeah. now you don't have people progressing from private, getting their instrument, getting their commercial, then becoming CFIs. You don't have people following that normal track at your school because you don't have the people there that can teach the course, that can feed your own pipeline. And so the schools that are really surviving and thriving are down in Florida where they're they're giving room and, and, and board. They're paying for upgrades, double I, MEI, and – you have to you have to stay with them for a year. You have to sign a contract. You're going to be flying with a bunch of internationals, whatever. You're right. you're going to be gaining your time. You're going to be gaining experience, but th- there's there's not the ability to do that in Massachusetts, where a, the rent is nine hundred oh, bucks yeah. a month, a thousand bucks a month for. Man, I wish the rent was a thousand bucks a month here. Right, but we yeah, here supported in the Northeast, but Florida, there's. There's dirt cheap stuff on the beach. Now, if you have right. a choice of, of being, <laughs> you know, down south on the beach or up here where there's snow, what are you going to choose? And the first time I saw somebody kind of ditch the north to go down and do that was, uh, I think, 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Uh, some brand new CFIs out of Kent State. They said, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I'm, I got my certificate, and I, I know that you offered me a job here at Kent, but I'm going to go down there and right. make a little less money, but it's free upgrades, and I'm on the beach. Like, yeah, oh. I mean, hey, there's uh, there's definitely positives and negatives to every decision, and uh, it's I can totally see why people would want to do that. You know, yeah. in some instances, it seems like a no brainer, and yet you have these people out there. Like I always thought of the twelve hundred or fifteen hundred hour pilot, uh, you know, trying to hit those minimums or sort of uh, VFR flying around. They're like, hey, let's go to Atlantic City and tow banners around all summer and try and build hundreds yeah. of hours. You know, and that's like now what do you do? You've been flying around in a circle for half your life. So, yeah, there's uh, hours aren't created equally. You know, this is the bottom line. Exactly. It's so. it's it should be. Uh, I'm not a legislator or anything like that, but I think there should be not only a, an exception for uh, 141 certified programs, um, th- so they got a thousand hours. But let's say that you did uh, your double I. Now you maybe only need um, uh, 900 hours, or you've done an upset recovery course, uh, or right. you you've got a master CFI, or you've you've done X Y Z things to kind of right. knock those, those hours down, so that it's it's no longer 
just get the time, get the time, get the time. It's get the experience. It's get the knowledge. It's it's qualify, and uh, that way you get you get better candidates. Awesome. I totally agree with that, man. So you guys have really opened my eyes up to a number of the things in aviation. Wow, it's already been 45 minutes of talking, and I feel like I can talk for hours more with you guys. But, good luck uh, with the edit. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. I actually usually don't edit too much unless I swear, in which case I normally decide to keep it because I feel like it adds some of that uh, emotional attachment yeah. to the recording. But, oh, man, you know, right. I had a that's what she said joke before, and I held back. I guess I should have thrown it out. You should have stepped on us. Apparently, I love interrupting people, so you just give me some of my own medicine. That's fine. We're on Skype. <laughs> And everything's stuck, Mike. Stuck, Mike. You got stuck, Mike. <laughs> stuck, Mike. It's funny. I monitor. Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, radio communications and stuff. And what I mean by that is, I have radio scanners and stuff. I have an antenna in my attic and everything like that. And it's funny. All the uh, stuck mics you hear sometimes, like in the police and stuff like that. Some of the stuff you hear. I mean, you think that I have a dirty mouth. Holy crap, man! It's like some of the stuff that. You- <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like downright embarrassing. They send that, that that annoying tone to wake all the units up. It's like stuck mic, get a stuck mic. It's more like open mic, get it with an open mic. But at least you're not navigating, and uh, or I should say, transmitting on the guard frequency. So yeah. you're uh, with on all that, yeah, you're on guard. So with all that said, it brings me to the final point, and that's how you guys sort of met me. ATC memes. Do you, Matt Rob? Do you guys have a favorite ATC memes post or skit? And if so, what is it? Just kind of curious. You can say you hate them all too. That's fine. No. <laughs> the uh, I I was teaching one day radio communications to a, a student pilot and talking about controlled airspace and what you uh, don't want to do with a Bravo. And I pulled up the the clip of the the student pilot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a class. Like, no, I don't, I don't have time for flight following right now. And he ends up in the in the Bravo anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then the student, I kind of screwed up because then the student looks at me and goes, uh, that's exactly why I'm nervous to talk on the radio because I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you right. You're going to be okay. <laughs> that's awesome. I remember recording that one and trying not to laugh because I, I tried to make the guy sound really stupid. It's like, um, New York, Tricon, this is November 1, 2, 3. It's, like, it's hard to get through It that sounds like me. another person. It sounds like a student pilot that I've flown with several times. So, yeah. <laughs> not I appreciate that. That means I'm doing the job right. I always try and make it sound not like me. Because I feel like I have somewhat of a distinctive talking voice. And so that's great when you like meet people and hang out. But like when you try to record multi dub audios, multi tracking, it's, uh, it can be a real drag because you, like oh, yeah. everything sounds like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> How do I not sound like me? It's like, Oh, well, you know, you can make some fake accents. It always sounds like shit. So yeah, I try to change try it up. To put a some... crazy echo with it or something and do it like that. That's okay. There you go. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I like that. My answer to that is I, I pretty much like all of your your uh, fake ATC posts. Just yeah. uh, like the one that stands out right now is is the one about um, I guess it was Spirit and somebody not buying the upgraded GPS option and <laughs> the uh, the Allegiant ones as well. I, all of those are absolutely hilarious. You do a great <laughs> yeah. job. So no, I appreciate it, man. And like I said, you guys have inspired me to kind of get another podcast on my podcast because I think it's great to bounce ideas off one another. And for those of you listening, I think it demonstrates that even if you're trying to do something serious like these guys doing a brilliant job making aviation safer and helping train people the future of aviation, it does demonstrate that there's always room for that sort of comic relief and that humor. And so Rob and Matt, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me for about this uh, past 50 minutes or so. And of course, thanks for being here. Can we leave you with, can we leave you with one more thing? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Any final, final words? 
So, so I have I have one final word, and and you know one thing that I've learned in you know building numerous businesses as well as spread aviation is just you know keep it simple, keep it minimum viable product from the beginning. And I think David, you do such a great job of this as well when you're starting a new project. So people that are listening to this, if you're looking to start something new, whether it's a podcast or a website or a blog or anything like that, especially if it has to deal with aviation, just keep it simple to start. Get your ideas out there, test things. Don't throw too much money into it in the beginning. You know, see what sticks see what doesn't and and just keep it simple you can always iterate down the road you can always make it better um and and i think that's that's just something that's always been valuable to me uh what i'd like to have rob leave with because i think he does it so well is david i think a lot of your listeners are either you know obviously i think everybody is an er student but you may have a few that aren't um you know, people that might be interested in getting into aviation, getting into flying. And Rob does a great job of answering a common question we get, which is, hey, I want to start flying. I want to learn how to fly. How do I do that? Right. Rob, can you leave us with that information? Yeah. Think it's- get on Google Maps and type in airport and whatever is close to you <laughs> or type in flight school and just go over there and say, hi, I'd like to learn about flying airplanes because they're there to teach you. You're yeah. there to learn, and they can't come to you. You have to go to them. And if that means that you get a Groupon or a travel zoo or, or whatever, even discount code, uh, go go do it. And I guarantee you will be hooked, especially if you are that type of person I talked about earlier who often confuses lawnmowers for airplanes or uh, can't help but look up when an airplane flies overhead. It, absolutely, uh, go do it. And That's check out nice. episode 12 of the, of the Spread Aviation Podcast. That's the one where we did our interview with the ATC memes with David Lombardo. So we had you on there. Oh, it was and, 12. Yeah, episode 12. Long time ago. Have any, yeah, if you ever have any questions, please, spreadaviation.com. A chat box pops up at the bottom of the page. It comes straight to me, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. And uh, it, awesome. it's, it just takes that one step of, of reaching out and saying, hey, I want to do this. Go Absolutely. Do it. Well, hey, Matt and Rob, thank you so much like, once again for being on this podcast. You guys listening, it's Spread Aviation, spreadaviation.com. And of course, you guys are available on iTunes and uh, probably their formats as well. The yep. other iTunes, Google media Plus, sites, on Google Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Spotify, yep. everything. Check us out, spreadaviation.com, Instagram and YouTube, Spread Aviation, Facebook, Spread Aviation. You know, if you type in Spread Aviation, you're going to find us. <laughs> you're going to find you. You will find us. That's a little stalkerish, but this is social media in 2019, so it always has that slight edge of being a stalker, you know, a little bit. I've had people find my home phone number, so that's a little strange. By the way, guys, don't call it to my parents, okay? So, I have other numbers, too. David, but. feel free to edit this out, but if you go to our website and buy an, a Spread Aviation t-shirt and use coupon code LOWDOWN, it takes 25% off. Oh, I'm not going to edit that out. That's awesome. You know me, yeah, man. I'm so, all about that we'll shameless self-promotion. You know, yeah, guys. Well, so uh, you want to spread an aviation t-shirt. They're not as cool as your apparel, but they're pretty cool. Right. Uh, so We're yeah, not that cool. How do you spell lowdown? L-O-D-O-W-N. That's right. Yes, yep. guys. This is the aviation lowdown. So you can use the code lowdown 25% off at the spreadaviation.com. That's what it is, right? Spreadaviation.com? Yep. 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 Okay. Yeah. Lowdown, guys. L-O-D-O-W-N. And once again, this is David Lombardo from ATC Memes, also known as LO, and this has been the Aviation Lowdown Podcast. 
Really great episode with my friends Matt and Rob from Spread Aviation. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be back next time. I think uh, sometime next week we'll have another special guest, hoping, really hoping to get this amazing pilot on that you guys are probably familiar with. But I'm also moving this weekend, so it might be a little bit tied up with the logistics, but you know me. It's uh, chaos all the time, and I thrive off that stuff. So Matt and Rob, thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend, and as always, say no to Kilo. Squawk duty to me. <laughs> thanks, See David. See ya. You guys. Bye-bye.